going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. This case is happening right now. So from the time we're recording and releasing this, it occurred less than two weeks ago. And my mom actually sent me this earlier this week. And since then, we have gotten this massive influx of people sending it in. So we wanted to make sure to prioritize it. And we really appreciate everybody sending this over, you know, as much as you did, because it really put the pressure on for us to get this covered right away and help get the story out there. Yeah, and her family is desperately seeking help spreading the word on this case. And there's some very disturbing video footage available that we are going to post on our socials. So thanks for tuning in and don't forget to share this episode. And also, since we're not sure what has happened to Naomi and can only hope that she's alive and will be returning to our family very soon, we will be referencing her in the present tense. All right, guys, this is episode 186 of Going West. So let's get into it. Authorities in Nevada say 18-year-old Naomi Arion was abducted from the Walmart parking lot in Fernley around 5 a.m. on March 12th. She was just starting it. She is. She's just starting her adult life. A family makes a desperate plea for the return of their kidnapped daughter and sister. The Lyon County Sheriff's Office released surveillance video of the suspect they say was seen in the parking lot at the time wearing a gray hoodie and pacing back and forth near vehicles. It's the most horrible thing that could ever happen to a family, to a mom. An 18-year-old vanished from a Walmart parking lot in Nevada around Reno. More than a week ago, though, Naomi Irion was there around 5 in the morning. She went there to catch a shuttle that takes her to work near Reno. What I need everybody to do is stand up for my sister. Naomi Christine Irion was born on July 25, 2003, to parents Diana and Irve Irion in Houston, Texas. She has a couple adult siblings like herself, her older sister Tamara Cartwright, who lives in Texas, and her older brother Casey Valley, who lives in Nevada. And then she has a 13-year-old brother named Daniel, and then three younger brothers who were actually recently adopted from Ukraine near the city of Kiev. Now, of course, with the horrifying war on Ukraine right now, you might be wondering if they were adopted because of that, but they were adopted before the war, but still not too, too long ago. Naomi's mother, Diana, is a teacher, and her father, Erve, works in the foreign service. So because of his job, the family moved around a lot and has lived in Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany. But up until the age of 13, Naomi had primarily lived in the state of Texas, and more specifically, the safe and nice city of Spring, Texas, which is located in the Houston, Woodlands, Sugarland metropolitan area. And after exploring various countries, the Irions, Sands, Tamara, and Casey, who were adults living in the U.S., moved to South Africa. Now, Naomi's father works for the U.S. Department of State in the U.S. Embassy in Pretoria. So that's where they were living. 
And for those who don't know, Pretoria is the capital of South Africa and currently hosts around 2.5 million people. So it's a pretty big city and allegedly one of the safest cities in the country. And just by looking at photos, it looks stunning, very green, lots of trees and flowers and mountains off in the distance. While living in Pretoria, teenage Naomi was studying at the American International School of Johannesburg, which is a kindergarten through grade 12 school system that looks amazing and very state-of-the-art. Yeah, it looks like a really cool school. But just last year, she actually graduated. So before she figured out what she wanted to do with the rest of her life or whether or not she wanted to pursue a college career, she decided to take a gap year and move back to the United States. Her mom, Diana, publicly stated that Naomi moved to Nevada to be with her brother and, quote, figure out her life. Naomi was working at Panasonic, the electronics and technology company, and she had just recently been promoted and was, quote, tapped for leadership positions. And Panasonic, which most of you probably know, like yeah, their everybody cameras knows and their Panasonic. TVs and stuff. Yeah, totally. It's a multinational conglomerate company, but the office that's in Reno is called Panasonic Energy of North America. So that is their focus. But let's go back to her return to the U.S. So as of last year, Naomi has been living with her brother, Casey Valley, and his longtime girlfriend, Nikki, in Fernley, Nevada. Fernley is a small city of around 20,000 people that was founded just 21 years ago in 2001, and it's located in the Reno-Sparks metropolitan area. Since this story takes place in Fernley, here's what Niche.com has to say about it. Fernley may not be the best town when it comes to exemplifying charm and cleanliness, but the people in the town of Fernley are charismatic and kind. People in Fernley are very accommodating and hospitable. Fernley is a rapidly growing town and people are becoming more unified and the community is coming together. So take that with a grain of salt. We haven't been personally, but it's, it's good to get an idea of what it's like. And as we will discuss as this case unfolds today, people there really seem to care about Naomi and what's going on with her. Yeah, I've actually been to like the Sparks area. So if that's, you know, it's obviously close it's to close Fernley. It's close by, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, apparently it's a good place for retirees. So maybe not the most exciting place for an 18-year-old, but it seemed like a really good opportunity for her to spend time with her brother, which is amazing. And she wasn't far from Reno, which is known as the biggest little city in the world. And speaking of her brother, Casey... He is a 32-year-old Navy veteran that's been working as an engineer at Apple in the nearby city of Sparks, Nevada. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Naomi's been described as a compassionate person and a homebody who loves hanging out with friends, rock hounding, also known as collecting gems, geodes, and rocks, and going on TikTok. Because who doesn't love TikTok? I do. I, I don't know who doesn't. We both do. We do. And something Naomi had been focusing on recently was learning how to drive. Due to living overseas throughout all of her teen years, she didn't really have that opportunity to get her license because she wasn't a citizen. So being back in the U.S. made her so excited to finally start driving, get her license, and have that source of independence. Even so, Fernley to her job in Reno was about a 30-minute drive. And instead of making the commute via car, Naomi would drive to a nearby Walmart in the weekday morning, leave her car in the parking lot, and then take a shuttle to her work. This Walmart is in the Fernley Village Marketplace, and its operating hours are between 6 a.m. and 11 p.m. Directly nearby is a casino, a gas station, a motel, and some fast food restaurants. 
On the morning of Saturday, March 12th, 2022, Naomi headed to a gas station near her brother's home at around 5 a.m. So she was headed to work and decided to grab an energy drink from the refrigerator case of the gas station. She paid using her card at the register and then left and drove over to the Fernley Walmart to await her shuttle. She was known to always park in the same spot and would arrive early so that she could sit in her car on her iPhone to kind of go on social media and also catch up with her friends who were in different time zones. And according to her sister Tamara, she wasn't known to be afraid of sitting in the parking lot alone like that. But on this particular morning, though everything else she did was a part of her usual routine, something very unusual and disturbing happened. It being very early in the morning in March, the sun was not yet out, making it fairly dark in the parking lot, really only lit by the numerous, uh, you know, tall lamps throughout Walmart's property. And since it was before their 6 a.m. open time, specifically at 5.24 a.m., it was a very vacant lot. Yeah, there was almost nobody in the lot. No. Now, 15 minutes after arriving at the Walmart parking lot and sitting in her car, 18-year-old Naomi Irion was still in the driver's seat of her car, likely scrolling through funny videos or texting a good friend while she sipped on her energy drink. And a man entered her car and abducted her. Before the man entered the vehicle, and likely before Naomi saw this man, this man was walking in blue jeans and a gray pullover hoodie with his hood up and his hands in his sweatshirt pocket. He's first caught on surveillance footage via Walmart's security cameras outside of their store, and you can see him walking on their pathway that's right in front of their store doors, coming from one end and walking probably halfway past the store before turning towards the parking lot and walking into it. Yeah, and uh, that might sound confusing, but you know how just right in front of the store, like he's walking parallel to the store right in front of it, probably still under, kind of under their awning too, like right, right. in that, that space alongside the Walmart. Exactly, but before he does, he stops, uh, before he walks into the parking lot, I might add, he stares out into the parking lot. And the eerie thing here is that while he's walking, and we posted a video on our socials, he doesn't really seem like he's in a hurry. Like he doesn't walk with a purpose. Yeah, he's just casually and slowly strolling along. Yeah, it's, it's really, really eerie. So before he actually ventures into the parking lot, he stops and stares towards Naomi's vehicle. And again, we can probably assume either she saw him and didn't really know what to do and stayed in the car, or she didn't see him until it was too late. But either way, the man approaches Naomi's car, gets into the driver's seat, and drives off with Naomi inside. Her sister Tamara told Headline News in an interview on March 23rd this, quote, he squares up his shoulders and plants his feet looking directly at my sister's car, like he's a predator looking at his prey. And it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And this happened just before 5.30 a.m. when Naomi would have gotten out of her car to walk over to the shuttle. But this all happened shortly before the shuttle arrived, when Naomi was very much alone. Now, we know she was in the driver's seat, so upon the man entering the car, we can assume that he forced her either into the back seat or the passenger seat. But according to her brother Casey, and, you know, maybe he's seen footage that has not been released, the man motioned for Naomi to move over into the passenger seat of her 1992 Mercury Sable, 
with Nevada plates 595 T37, and she did. Then the man gets in and drives off. It's unclear where this man actually came from because he kind of walked from an area possibly behind Walmart. It's not like he drove into the lot and got in Naomi's car. And there is a homeless encampment very close by, and this is the direction that the man came from. So we're sure police have already questioned the people who live in the encampment to see if the man looked familiar, but it's not been released if he was living there or if he just happened to walk from that area. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that you can't see on camera exactly where he's coming from, but it, but it yeah. is strange. We'll talk we'll talk about a truck here in a little bit. Yes, but that's what makes it eerie is that he, you know, all all we can see from the footage is this man just walking alongside past Walmart, enters like steps onto the asphalt of the parking lot and just looks out and knowing that he's looking at her car, it's just so so scary. It's terrifying, most definitely. So Naomi's phone activity stopped at 5.23 a.m., and her phone has not been used since, nor has her card. And although she didn't show up for work that day, it wasn't until her brother noticed something himself that he and the family began to worry. Casey Valley had been asleep in his Fernley, Nevada home when Naomi left for work, since her workday started pretty early. The next morning, which was Sunday, March 13, 2022, he noticed that she wasn't there, but he still wasn't concerned. He kind of just thought that they kept missing each other. But by that evening, when she didn't come home, he started asking various family members and Naomi's friends if they had spoken to her, but no one had since at least early Saturday morning, if not since Friday, which was very worrisome, of course. Her mom, Diana, who was all the way in South Africa, said that it was very odd that she hadn't heard from Naomi because she was extremely reliable. So Casey called around to local hospitals and even jails to see if something had happened, but she was just nowhere. Naomi's dad was able to access her bank account and confirm with Casey that the last transaction was at that gas station in Fernley on Saturday morning where she got the uh, energy drink, so the previous day. Knowing that Naomi always parked at Walmart Waiting for her work shuttle, Casey's girlfriend suggested that they go down there and just see what they could find. And when they arrived, you can guess there were a lot more cars there than when Naomi had been there early in the morning. So they didn't immediately see her car, which was not there anyway. They headed inside to speak with security, who are said to have been very helpful, and they looked at the footage from Saturday morning. And lo and behold, Casey and his girlfriend and security saw on camera his little sister having a terrifying interaction with a strange hooded man. And we can't even imagine just the fear and agony that Casey was feeling in that moment, though he has said that he just couldn't believe it and didn't want to believe it and that it immediately ruined him. Especially knowing that so many hours had passed since it happened and no one had any idea. So that day, which again was March 13th, Casey reported the footage and information to the police as a kidnapping. And an investigation into 18-year-old Naomi Irion's disappearance began. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes 
ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. As true crime listeners, you're aware of the dangers out there in the world. So why not keep your home as safe and secure as possible? Daphne and I do this by using Simply Safe. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. When we get ready for our summer trips this year, I will feel so much better about leaving the house knowing that Simply Safe has our back just freeing me from my constant anxieties. And also something I love is that their system blankets your entire home in protection from break-ins to fires to floods. And with indoor and outdoor cameras to choose from, you will feel safe any time of day or night. And Simply Safe is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring agents to help stop crimes in real time. Which is part of why they were named the best home security system of 2024. Simply Safe has given us and so many listeners real peace of mind, and we want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect Monitoring at simplysafe.com/goingwest. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Sometimes Daphne and I are doing research for Going West, and we subscribe to different newspapers from all around the country, and then we forget to unsubscribe. But that's exactly why we love Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. You'll be able to see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't like, Rocket Money can help you cancel it in just a few taps. It is seriously that easy. And that's why Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash going west. That's rocketmoney.com slash going west. Rocketmoney.com slash going west. When we left off, Casey had reported Naomi as a kidnapped person on March 13th. And weirdly enough, despite the footage and the information that police had, 
they didn't initially think that it was an abduction, since by all accounts, she slid over in the car and didn't resist. I mean, this is so stupid. I'm. It's not a shock that she would comply with a strange man's request. I mean, for all police know, he had a weapon. Exactly. He could have had a gun or a yeah. knife. And they also had no idea what the guy even said to her, which could have been very threatening. Like, who knows what he said when he opened the car door? It's not like, what? That makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, clearly that's just... just it's just silly. It's just silly. Yeah. To think that. So Naomi's family did not agree with police, of course, knowing Naomi's personality and the fact that friends Naomi was speaking with that morning said that she didn't mention anything about meeting someone that morning. She was just going to work. Yeah, like police were thinking, oh, well, maybe she knew that guy and they had planned to go off together. I mean, come on. Doesn't seem likely. And if you watch the footage... I mean, it's, it's definitely not, not true at all. Yeah, it's very far-fetched. So... Her mom stated, quote, My daughter is not very good in a crisis or an emergency. What she tends to do is freeze up and just comply. She's not a fighter. She's a lovely, sweet person, and she doesn't fight. She freezes up when she's scared. That's probably what happened. That's the last time anyone saw or heard from her. Naomi's sister Tamara has also made many public statements and pleas for help in her sister's case. And here's a quote from her as well. This is life and death for a beautiful and fun and loving sister, daughter, and friend. She is just starting her adult life. She hasn't even gone to college yet. She just graduated high school. She adores people, and it's because of this that she's so trusting. She'll go to any length to assist others. Someone, I'm afraid, has violated her confidence. It wasn't long before police did take this situation seriously and an extensive search for Naomi began. So although at first they did, of course, question these other possibilities, I do want to make it clear her family is very grateful for the police's help and thinks they're doing a great job. Yes. So from ATVs to horseback, law enforcement and numerous volunteers scoured the area for any trace of Naomi or her car, but nothing was uncovered. They also released the surveillance footage, you know, to the media, just kind of hoping that the public could have answers, possibly, though it's incredibly difficult to see what the man's age or race is based on the lighting and the angle. So all police have released publicly is that the man is roughly six feet tall. And just by looking at the footage, it's it's incredibly hard to tell because, again, the hood is up. Yeah. His his face is kind of down. Hands are even in the pockets, so you, yeah, can't, you, you can't, can't even see, look at the hands. You can't see his ankles because he's got, you know, his long jeans on and then he's got his shoes on. And you just can't see shit. So it's it's very unfortunate because this is a situation where we actually have security cameras. And luckily we do in this case, but they're just not showing quite enough. And for more perspective on this area, the Fernley Nevada Walmart is just off of I-80. And that could have taken her in three different directions alone. West into California, since Reno is right on the California Nevada... Nevada? Nevada border. Nevada border. <laughs> right on the California Nevada border. Um, it could have taken her east into central or even southern Nevada or northeast into northern Nevada, Idaho, Oregon, or Utah. Yeah, so many different directions here. Yeah, so the possibilities of where this man took her are truly endless. And that is a very frustrating and disheartening part of this investigation. But three days after Naomi's disappearance, so very early on in the search for her, her car was found. 
Lyon County officials found Naomi's silver four-door sedan in an industrial park right there in Fernley, but there was no sign of Naomi or anyone else. This industrial park is located behind the Sherwin-Williams paint store on Duffy Road, and it's just up the street from the Walmart where she was abducted from. It's also along the I-80 and just a one to two minute drive from that Walmart, just less than a mile away or over a kilometer. It so, is right there. Yeah, so it's so close. Law enforcement took her car in for testing and have since searched and forensically analyzed it. And police stated that forensic evidence has been uncovered and is being expedited for testing through a Washoe County Forensic Investigation section. Though they didn't state exactly what this evidence was, we're just hoping that it quickly leads them to a suspect. And just this past week, so within 10 days of Naomi's disappearance, her parents spent 36 hours traveling to Nevada from South Africa to aid in the search for their daughter. And I read that her father flew over earlier so that Diana could stay with their three young sons in South Africa. But as the days progressed, Diana, of course, just couldn't stand being all the way in South Africa. So she brought the boys to Nevada and helped plead alongside the rest of her family. And Diana hadn't planned on returning to the States for another year or so when Naomi was settled into the college of her choice. And up until she landed at the Reno Tahoe International Airport, she was just desperately awaiting calls from her son Casey on any updates regarding Naomi. But she wanted to be there herself to actively participate in the search for her daughter. And Tamara and Diana did set up a GoFundMe, which we will discuss later, but those donations are what helped give Diana the ability to fly she and the boys to Nevada so suddenly. So it really, really does help a lot. And thank you to everybody who did donate to that, because that's really special. And they're still accepting donations, so we, but we'll go into that after the episode is done. In the outro, I mean. So Casey, Tamara, Diane, and Irve all participated in interviews, and they're trying to get Naomi's story and face out to the public as much as humanly possible. So they are really doing their best, and the city of Reno seems to be showing up for Naomi as well. Businesses are posting her missing poster and offering resources. Rainbow ribbons, Naomi loves rainbows, are posted all around town. And 1,000 people showed up in a recent vigil for Naomi. That was just the other day. That's so incredible, honestly. I know. People are, it's, it's really great. People are really showing up for her. And the vigil, which was held by her family, took place at 7 p.m. at the Out of Town Park in Fernley, Nevada on March 21st, so nine days into her disappearance. And everyone was encouraged to wear the colors of the rainbow and show their support for Naomi with this candlelight vigil. Something that just came out the day before this episode airs, on the day we're recording... On Thursday. <laughs> yeah, is that the evening before Naomi was abducted, so Friday, March 11th, 2022, she actually went on a date. He hasn't been named and is not believed to be involved, as this does appear to be a random or opportunistic kidnapping. But it's known that Naomi was on Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble, as a lot of young people are. Which, as most of us know, are all popular dating apps. And due to her living in a diplomatic community in South Africa with her family due to her father's job, she couldn't go on dates. So moving back to the U.S. and experiencing life as an American again was exciting for her because she had this freedom to kind of do whatever she wanted. So she went on this date on Friday, and this is what Casey said about it. 
I saw her the night before. She had gone on a date on Friday afternoon. She was going to bed early because she had to work in the morning. During that date, they'd hung out in Reno and gone to some thrift stores. She seemed fine. And Casey also added this. It was a daytime date. They also went to a Mexican restaurant and I definitely saw her afterwards. I'm not sure if they'd been out before. I think it was a relatively new person. It was a man. And he's saying this because Naomi considered herself a part of the LGBTQ community, so he's just uh, clarifying there. They spent some time in Reno. I saw her afterwards. I have no reason to believe that this person was involved. But she definitely didn't talk to me about all that stuff, but my girlfriend Nikki and her were very close. They had a girl talk. But... Naomi had been facing some very unwelcome romantic and or sexual interest at work. So she had been working at Panasonic for six months as she saved up money to get her own place and go to community college somewhere. But during this short time, she had sadly experienced sexual harassment at her workplace. Her family stated that the issue was handled internally and they didn't elaborate on what had happened exactly. When Panasonic was approached for a comment, all they said was, quote, Our team is devastated about the disappearance of Naomi. So obviously this sexual harassment claim is interesting in regards to her case, as it may be relevant, especially since she was going to work after all and would wait for this shuttle daily. So someone from work could have definitely known that. But still, at this time, investigators are not sure that it's connected since the identity of the kidnapper is still very much unknown. Do you want to earn cash back while you shop? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out Rakuten, especially because this week, May 6th through May 13th, Rakuten is having their biggest cash back event of the year with 15% cash back at hundreds of stores. Rakuten is the shopping platform to use so that you can save big while you shop. They're partnered with over 3,500 stores across all categories, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, travel, dining, and so many others. Some of our personal favorite participating stores are Ray-Ban, Hydro Flask, Clinique Online, and Verbo, just to name a few. There are so many big stores and brands that you're already buying from. But don't miss this major deal. It's a limited time only with eight days of these high cashback rates, so you can save more than usual. Membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you can get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face. But now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? 
It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. But luckily, law enforcement is really on this case. I mean, they said that officials at the highest level know of everyone Naomi has spent time with in the last few months. And regarding the sexual harassment situation, Casey also added this. It was months ago. There is no reason for us to believe this is related to this case, and everyone has been identified and law enforcement has all of that. And this kind of brings us to the next thought, is that Naomi may possibly have become a victim of sex trafficking. And it's where her family is kind of leaning towards a little bit. And here's what Casey said again on this. Quote, I'm starting to believe it's something more sinister, a little bit more coordinated and a little bit more planned out. It really seems like this was maybe a group of people, more than one person. So we have that person on video, but there may be some indication that there might be other people involved, other vehicles involved. And we're working very closely with law enforcement to help them with all of that. But we don't know who did this, and that's important to convey. The obvious conclusion to me is some type of sex trafficking or something like that. But we don't know that for sure. So far, this is a kidnapping case, and that's how it's being treated. There's a lot of moving pieces. Although it hasn't publicly been released why, investigators believe that the man who abducted Naomi was probably driving a newer model, dark-colored Chevy High Country pickup truck. This truck was caught on surveillance, so there is a photo of it, which we posted on our socials, but sadly, the license plates are not visible. And we're personally wondering if this truck was seen arriving and fleeing the area where her car was found because the video was taken in the daytime, though it's not been released what day or if this car belongs to the man from the original Walmart footage, or potentially someone else who's involved in her abduction. I wish they would release that, because I think it would be good to know exactly where this truck was anyway. But again, like you said, since it was taken in the daytime, it does kind of mean to us that it, it potentially was near the scene of where her car was found. But I don't know why they would pick out this random car in a surveillance footage, so there has to be good reason. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that, that information is not known by the public. We don't know why they're like, hey, we're looking into this truck. So regarding the Walmart footage, Casey believes that the man walked around the parking lot, circled, and looked around to see if there were any witnesses before approaching his sister's vehicle. The man came up from behind her car, and it may have been unlocked. I mean, I'm assuming that it was unlocked because he probably opened the door. Right. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. But after getting in and driving away, the security cameras were not able to pick up what direction this car was headed in. So it's really unfortunate that we did not see the car leave that parking lot. I know, and... Just the fact that he came up behind her, it just makes you wonder if she had seen him at all in the lot or if she was on her phone just waiting for the shuttle and, and you know, didn't expect there to be anybody there because she had been doing this for a while. So she pro obviously, I'm sure she didn't experience anything suspicious or weird in the, the days that she did this or else she probably would have told somebody. Yeah, and I feel like, I feel like just speaking directionally of where you would be looking in this car, like, if somebody was approaching from 
you know, the front facing, like yeah. towards the front of your car, um, you'd probably be able to see them even if you were on your phone. But but thinking about being on your phone and then looking in your rear view oh, or, or your side mirrors to be able to see somebody. Well, also in a parking lot, you know, none of the cars are actually facing the Walmart because they're all facing sideways. So depending on where, what row her car was in and, you know, because like you said, he had stopped about halfway past the store and then turned and just stopped and looked. So it seemed like she might have been maybe towards the center of the lot or something. And then he moved and came up behind her car. And ah, God, I just can't imagine what she was thinking in that moment. It's just so unbelievably terrifying. On the evening of March 20th, 2022, her father, Irve, posted this to his Facebook. I have returned safely from my trip to Reno. I went to tough areas and I looked like one of them. I felt safe all along. I gave flyers to casinos, stores, people in the street, people in a hotel, in a strip club, in a shelter for homeless people, and in several motels. Some took flyers to give to others. Got in touch with a newspaper owner and he will publish the flyer. I also went to a restaurant. The owner, Joanna, ran outside and wanted to feed me, but I kindly declined. She puts me in touch with one of her employees who used to be homeless for 20 years. He guided me to the bad guys, drug dealers, pimps, and I gave flyers as I could. Still need to return before picking up Diana and the boys tomorrow and bring flyers to more motels. I am really not satisfied. I talked to the Reno police and FBI before going there. I believe Naomi is alive. I really need to find the really bad guys. Not sure where they are yet. Might need to talk to the mild bad guys and get info. To be continued, thank you very much for your prayers. Then on March 22nd, he posted this. I returned to Reno today and distributed flyers in motels, tattoo places, a casino, a strip club, and a few stores. At the airport now, waiting for Diana and the boys. Tomorrow, I have an interview at a Christian radio station. I'm also going to talk to a detective in the sex trafficking section of the Reno Police Department. Then onward to some brothels with flyers and questions. Prayers needed there. Thank you very much for your support and love in this ordeal. And lastly, the most recent post, as of when we're recording this, that was posted on his Facebook on the late evening of Wednesday, March 23rd, he says, quote, Went to Reno again today, now my favorite city, smiley face, and randomly distributed 200 flyers in the streets of downtown. A few took several flyers to post them at work or where they live. Tomorrow, I will have more flyers printed and head to Lake Tahoe. I'll go around the lake. As always, thank you for the prayers. My gut feeling is that we will find Naomi alive. There are so many praying from different denominations. Naomi is 18 years old with her 19th birthday approaching in July. And she's 5 foot 11 inches tall with black hair, one green eye and one brown eye, fair skin, and a septum piercing, a nostril piercing, and a smiley face tattoo on her ankle. She was last seen wearing a blue Panasonic t-shirt with a gray cardigan, gray pants, and UGG-like boots. If you have any information regarding Naomi or the man who is seen in the video and the photos, please contact the Lyon County Sheriff's Office at 
577-5206, extension 2. Or send an email to detective at lion-county.org, and lion is L-Y-O-N-County.org. The FBI is also actively assisting in the search for Naomi Irion. Her brother Casey stated this just days ago. I make a plea to everyone, maybe people that are on the other side of the law that might know more. We need your help. This is a family. You have a family too. Then Diana added, any information could be vital to saving her life. And that's our number one goal right now. Please save my daughter and bring her home. If you guys want to help in this case, the best thing you can do is share her story and her face on social media. We have posts up that you can reshare, but any way you can help tell others about her story is very important. Also, her sister Tamara and her mother Diana started a GoFundMe to help with costs relating to the family search. So if you want to donate like we did, please go to www.gofundme.com slash f slash help dash us dash find dash Naomi or click the link in the description of this episode. Also, her sister Tamara has a TikTok where she answers people's questions and posts very consistently with updates. So check it out. Her username is at books, tea and blooms 45. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Tuesday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. Whenever we can, Heath and I really try to prioritize those current missing persons cases because this is what the show is for. We literally have this show to help spread the word about cases. So, so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you in advance for spreading the word on Naomi's case because her family is seriously, as you can tell, so desperate for answers and the search is still on for her right now. Yeah, and this is very time sensitive. So please, again, make sure that you share this episode as much as possible. Yeah, as you heard us say, like her family is still really hoping that she's somewhere out there alive. And like Heath said, that's why it's so time sensitive because she could be and we hope she is. So please, we're going to post or we already did at this point. Um, you know, her missing poster and all the photos of her and the videos on our socials. So go reshare those. Again, check out her sister's content and just anywhere that you can spread the word about Naomi Arion's case is extremely, extremely helpful. You could be saving someone's life. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs>